This episode is brought to you by 100 Bogart Street. Do you need a conference room for your next meeting? Learn more by visiting 100bogart.com. This week, Meet and 3 is taking you to market and all over the world, from Newfoundland to Tunisia. Well, a lot of us think of, you know, the British Empire trading things like spices and sugar and silk. But you write that it actually began with salt cod from Newfoundland. <laughs> there was a port closure in Tunisia, which was horrible. I mean, it was months, boats just setting on the water waiting to go and they couldn't go anywhere. And we'll learn about how markets have changed, whether because of their customers or the climate. A few years ago, something around 10 years, it was totally different. It almost manifests itself to almost smelling like an old fire pit. When you mm-hmm. put it out, it has that sort of charcoal-y smell to it. It's not good for wine. Join us this week on Meet and 3 for our global market tour. And don't forget to subscribe to Meet and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Feast Meets West, the show tracing the stories behind your favorite Asian foods. I'm your host, Linda Liu. We are broadcasting live from Heritage Radio Network, Alberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Every episode, we dig deep on an aspect of Asian cuisine or culture by having a conversation with the passionate people from the world of Asian food. Tonight, we're talking with Ali Asimov of Lagman House, where he and his family serve Dungan cuisine. As Ligaya Mishan of the New York Times pointed out in her Hungry City article, Lagman House is likely the first and only restaurant in the city to offer the food of the Dungans. Chinese Muslims descended from 7th century Arab and Persian Silk Road traders who married Han Chinese. In the late 19th century, thousands of them fled China after the government's brutal suppression of a Muslim uprising. And in all the world, there are only a little over 100,000 Dungans. So we are truly lucky to have the Asimov family sharing their cuisine with us in Brooklyn. Ali and his family immigrated to the U.S. from southern Kazakhstan. Is that right, Ali? Yes. Um, it's it's south, southern Kazakhstan, which is the, the city named uh, Taraz. I would really consider it, it's, yeah, it's really south. Okay. Like the border of the Kazakhstan. Cool. And in case anyone's wondering geographically where Kazakhstan is, <laughs> it is a Central Asian country and former Soviet Republic. It extends from the Caspian Sea in the west to the Altai Mountains at its eastern border with China and Russia. It is the world's largest landlocked country and the ninth largest in the world. So many fun facts. <laughs> Uh, Duncan cuisine is more Chinese-influenced than some of the other Central Asian restaurants you may find here in the city. So, for example, the Uyghur restaurants here represent maybe more of a Turkic diet of the people living in the eastern part of Central Asia, like in the Xinjiang province of China. Friend of the pod, Doran Wong, is also here in the studio with us. Welcome, Doran. Hello. Uh, you may remember him from the Asian Food Mafia episode last fall. Doran is the culinary force behind the River and Hills Hospitality Group, and he's here to share his firsthand experiences cooking and eating in Kazakhstan, where he consulted on a Chinese restaurant. Yes. Um, Ali, let's start with you. Just tell us about the Dungan food you make at Logman House. Um, yeah, uh, thank you uh, again. It's nice. Uh, it's, it's nice a, having it's you nice here. Having you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so uh, we kind of introduced uh, like Dungan food in uh, New York, and we're trying to spread it. And uh, the Dungan food, which is uh, a mix of cultures, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And one of your most like popular dishes is the lagman. Lagman, yeah, which lagman is just a, a word that's more Russian speaking people use. But the way we say is that we say lumen, which mm-hmm. is uh, very closely associated with the word lamian in Chinese. Like in Mandarin. Yeah, it's uh, basically it's a hand pulled noodles and serve with different like toppings. Maybe like a soup, uh, stir fried, and maybe in, entirely like a braised broth. Um, like so it's to- totally versatile. Exactly. Um, and would you say your restaurant is like family style? Is it the food that you grew up eating? Yes, I totally agree with that. Uh, it's the food we're trying to serve. Is, it's a very, we specialize in homemade food, basically. Mm-hmm. It, it, the taste we usually get from the customers is like, wow, the food really tastes like home food. Or it, this is how we used so uh, the other people who are familiar with familiar Duncan with food, cuisine yeah. are like, oh, it tastes like home. Yes. Oh, that's great. Um, and is it popular in Kazakhstan, this kind of food? Uh, in southern Kazakhstan, we, where we came from, yeah. uh, it's very, very popular. Like okay. every corner around every restaurant or like... Um, you can assume it's, it's Duncan cuisine. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, and what's the story behind your restaurant? Like, how did you guys decide to open a restaurant? Uh, when we moved here, there's a, a lot of restaurants. They, they, they serve, like, hand-pulled noodles. And uh, all these restaurants are o- o- open and operated by the people who are from, like, you know, Central Asia as well. Okay, cool. And what and, part of Brooklyn is this? Are uh, you talking the, about? It's majority in Sheepshead Bay. Okay. So uh, every uh, they have hand-pulled noodles, you know, and people go there eat and we also went there to eat and try it out and how we saw how people were amazed how the food tastes like oh they're like oh this is so good this is really hand pulled noodles this is so authentic uh-huh. and stuff like that but then we uh like my family thought you know it's for us it was it was a decent kind of food yeah not, not to like offend anybody but and then we we came up with the idea that maybe we should open our own restaurant and maybe show like the the Lami and uh, the lagman that we we eat at home, mm. not that um, it's it's a basically a more authentic type, mm-hmm. like the original, not unchanged. I see. And um, where are your recipes from? Oh, uh, so the the recipes come from. I would say it's it's from uh, basically the the, the is chef like, is my mom. Oh, yes. And uh, everything everything uh, comes from like. Her mother and uh-huh. generation from gen- basically so it's just been passed down, passed down from in your generation. family. Exactly, it's there's no like formal recipes. Yeah, everything's learned from like uh, older generations. I see. And uh, did your mom learn to cook from her mom? Like, exactly. where did she get that experience? Oh, I mean, um, like when I was asking my mom, like, you know, wow, like <laughs> when did you start cooking? And yeah. then she she said like she started hand pulling noodles when she was just twelve. Oh wow! You know what I mean, and then um, it's it's the culture we grew up in. It's the girls that thought to like start making food, preparing food, taking care of the family. So they start uh, start learning how to cook when they're like really young, like ten, mm-hmm. eight, and by by age of like twelve, my mom was used to do uh, could do a handful of noodles, which is a great, uh, which is a great skill because it's very very like difficult to yeah it's very physical a physical and also requires a lot of uh like craftsmanship like mm-hmm. you have to feel it like it's not like you just follow the recipe and it just comes out yeah boom. and that comes from years of experience her exactly. understanding how to like work with the dough and like feel it for when it's ready or the consistency exactly yes yes yeah that's truly amazing and so it sounds like this idea to open a restaurant took shape very quickly. Like, was it something that you guys ever imagined before that you would be doing? Or it's something that, like, after you came to your neighborhood, you're like, hey, <laughs> let's do this thing. And then, like, ta-da, you opened the restaurant, like, very quickly. Like, we actually never considered opening a restaurant uh, or we never had an idea of having our own restaurant. 
like in family, we have a pretty big family. I have four other siblings, my dad, and my mom always has to make food for us. Yeah. And then uh, we are everybody's different, so she had to f- like make food for oh, every man. single one. So everybody, <laughs> ha- everybody like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you're like, why not extend this to yeah, more diners? Exactly. So like, <laughs> oh, uh, poor mom. <laughs> my my dad said, you know, maybe we should open up a restaurant. Yeah. We can maybe it's like part of American dream. Yeah. Like we can have our own business. We can work for ourselves. You know, maybe go beyond that. Having just a restaurant, so we can start off with one restaurant and see how it's gonna go, and uh, mm. and yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that. Yeah. But first, let's uh, talk about um, the food a bit more. Like, what does your menu look like, and what would you tell like first timers to order? Uh, yeah, our menu is uh, to everybody's surprise ha- have a lot of flour or noodles. Everything's basically dough based. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that tends to be the case in like northern like China and then I I guess you know the countries bordering that too like more dough products than rice yes yes uh, uh, I, I would agree with that uh, so uh, like the 80 percent of our menu excluding salads like everything is has some kind of flour okay um, but it's pretty well balanced with uh, like the other like meats and produce that you have of course yes yes so like the so for us the we eat noodle, we eat a lot of noodles and the noodles it kind of represents like a rice for other cultures you know what I mean? for example for southern china they eat a lot of rice and they eat different toppings we eat noodles with different toppings toppings yeah and so what should um uh, a newcomer order for the uh, first time. I would really suggest for the newcomers to order uh, food that's really specific to our kitchen, which is hand pulled noodles mm, so and the uh, lagman of all types. Exactly, lagman of all types. So we have maybe uh, five hot types and two like cold types. So you can try whatever you want. Some of them have vegetables. Some of them don't have vegetables. Some of them can be vegetarian. Some of them can be. Uh, like spicy or mm. like, or even ca- can be something cold and like in like winter type i mean winter um summer type like mm. it's refreshing you know what i mean yeah and and what goes into uh the process of making logman so you said it's really labor intensive like how long does it take like you know like how long does it cook for like how is it labor intensive uh it's for every person is different, but in our restaurant, it approximately takes uh, from scratch to like um, finished product, uh, which mean, which is a uh, handful noodles. It takes around eight hours. Mm. So we start off with the just the water and flour. I mean water and flour, we'll mix them, mm. and it takes a long time to sit there just to sit there. So the water and the flour mixed up like perfectly balanced okay like in homo like homogeneous kind of substance yeah yeah so like you know all the glutens are relaxed exactly yeah so it does take time very very uh, labor intensive yeah for sure and it takes also takes a lot of like uh, physical not only like the not only how you have to feel it but you also have to use a lot of force like to because the need the dough need the dough because the the like the proportions we use makes the dough very i would say uh, is it chewy like hard chewy hard okay. hard which means it, so it has needs a little force bit of water. to like yeah. need need okay and it needs hand force like you can't use any machines for that because <laughs> it has to be hand done and um uh you can't replace that with uh, machines because you have to feel it too you know, sometimes you ha- you need to have you, ha- you have to add more water. Sometimes you have to let it sit there for like yeah. another half an hour. It D- depends on if it's raining exactly. outside or or it's like dry day. If, even the like the room temperature or <laughs> the circulation in the, like everything matters. For yeah, that. and it's very like every. It's been uh, one year since we've been out, mm-hmm. and then it's still we can't perfect the. It's not the like hundred percent consistent. It, yeah, it's like it, every time it fluctuates. Sometimes every day is different. Yeah, every day is different. Oh man! But in the majority side, it's 
consistent. But then, you know, if you go too deep into it, it's maybe slightly different yeah. than the yesterday. And, um, and then how do you pull it? Like, how do you make the dough into noodles? Um, do you want me to like start from the beginning, how we started off? And then, or you should, should just... Uh, yeah, just like, you know, you have like a bit of dough and then how does it... Yeah, we have a bit to... of uh, dough, uh, make sure it's ready. And then if, when it's ready, it's it's pretty big batch, maybe like maybe 20, 30 pounds. Mm. So we split it into like um, two pound uh, batches. So yeah. We put it, uh, two pound batches and then we we roll it out as like a big length of... Um, Little tubes almost? Yeah. Long yeah, tubes, tube, Long guess. tubes, yeah. yes. Long tubes and then we uh you coil it we coil it yeah we we huh. coil it into like one each other and stack them together why coil it is it to like save space or is it easier to manage that way yeah it's uh if when we make the tubes and then it's it's to save the space and it's more uh um like easy to it's, transport it's also like one long noodle yeah exactly. you can't yeah. like you can't replicate that right yeah, right. yeah it's Fair. Uh, it's like most productive way of saving of saving space <laughs> and also like stacking. It's like there's so many of them. Wow! And you have to okay make so it. So you're like, you're coiling all the noodles and then after that. Nah, after that, you let it sit there for like an hour. Okay. And then you after you uh, you uncoil it and then you uh, you have to make it even thinner mm. and longer. Mm. And then after that, uh, you don't coil it this time, but you just stuck it as uh, like stack it on each other like. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, ready to get yeah, in but then the water. Make sure you don't. Yeah, make sure you don't. Uh, it doesn't get tangled up. Yeah. And then another like ten to fifteen minutes, you have to start hand pulling them. It's ah, long enough. That mm. It's uh, so it's it's three process. Like you make you make uh, the tubes are pretty. Uh, the first time you make the tubes are pretty thick. Mm-hmm. Then you make it skinnier. Mm. And then the last process is you you hand pull it, which is you make it like as skinny as you want. Like sometimes. Uh, I don't know. It's and this is like where you have, you know, you're like pulling it with both hands, and you're like kind of like yes pushing it like with force onto like the table or in the air. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, so you uh, you try to go around your fingers and your hands as much space as possible, and then so it doesn't get stacked stacked up together, and then you you hit it. Oh. against the table at oh, the same time it. you pull a little oh, bit oh wow this is then an you hit form. and pull hit and pull like <laughs> and you keep doing it until you get the, um, the desired thickness yeah it's a good uh, stress relief kind of uh, yeah exercise. the sound yeah. and then the energy yeah what? it is I mean <laughs> but the, I can see how like you would get like sore arms from that is that oh a- yeah yeah actually I, I try to do that myself I tried to learn. I mean, okay, and your it was mom very... must have the most like tremendous biceps then. <laughs> yeah, she does have a bigger bicep than I do. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you said there's different ways to prepare and eat it. So you can have it hot, cold, boiled, stir fried, different gravies. Like, yeah, I guess traditionally, what's like a, a you know way that you like to eat it most? I, I like to eat it with just the boiled noodles and the toppings more. Not f- stir fried. I like it more like traditional way, like braised, like a, it's very gravy, like a thick sauce. Mm. And it's it's usually it's we have it on the menu. It's, it's called the classic lagman. Uh, we usually eat it at home, and it's and it's it's very simple, but it's like it's very tasty. Yeah, and Doran, what was your experience having lagman in Kazakhstan? Is it similar to? like what you had at Lagman House yeah, here? Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, when I did go to uh, Lagman House, the, the flavors were very... It was actually even better than what I've had in, in Kazakhstan. You know, the flavors were bolder, and it was... Um, the noodles were, were very good, you know, very chewy. The textures were really good. You can see that there was a lot of, like, uh, a lot of, like, emotional... Uh, attachment, you know, <laughs> in built into noodle. the food. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, the food is definitely very, very good. It's worth the trip uh, to Sheepshead Bay for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess for both of you, what's typically in this spice pantry for Dungan cuisine? Like, what are the most common flavors? 
like spices that you use to make it so delicious? Um, to be honest, we don't really use a lot of spices because the <laughs> okay. like the, the Kazakhstan, the country we came from, it's very uh, right. It's landlocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and we don't have a lot of spices, so we uh, we used to uh, we right now we're trying to incorporate more like. Um, uh, white pepper that we don't really have in Kazakhstan. Oh. Uh, Sichuan peppers. Oh, you're like, adding things. Like, yeah, we. But traditionally in Kazakhstan, what would you use? Traditionally, like, we just stick with the black pepper. Black pepper, okay. Uh, like the spice, uh, spicy pepper. Okay. The red peppers mm-hmm. and uh, just the salt. That's salt, it. Salt and then that's. I guess with the combination of like the onion and like the meat and the. Yes. It just makes the gravy very like flavorful and well-rounded. Yeah, I was gonna mention that we more stick to the onions, garlic. Okay. Onions, garlic. Um, what about tomato or? Tomatoes, yes, also tomatoes. We all more stick to those ingredients that make the gravies more like flavorful. Yeah. Than the like spices. Are there specific herbs that you use? Um. Yes, I would say we use fenugreek, or uh, but I'm. I'm not sure if we have it in America because I couldn't find it. We use the fun a lot. And I'll, like, I'll bring you some. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> nice. Dorn with the connects. Um, yeah, we, what is uh, that? Fenugreek. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I think a lot of Indians use fenugreek in their, in their curries. Um, but it's, just, it's definitely a, a spice. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything that's similar to it? Um, like as a substitute? Maybe a little bit fennel. Mm, fennelish okay. kind of flavor mm. to it. Yeah, I, you know when I was in 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 Kazakhstan, and I, I remember that it was very hard to get a lot of things. Um, but I did see a lot of the, in the in the bazaars there was a lot of spices, and I don't know what part of um, uh, of Kazakhstan incorporates those spices into their cooking and is it it's not dungan cuisine because dungan cuisine is more uh, chinese yeah uh, i mean what are the other like major cuisine like influences in kazakhstan um a lot of uh you know like georgian cuisine is Mm. very popular um there is a version of chinese food Mm. um, but i think it's a little bit mixed like dunganish kind of local um Chinese. Um, there's a lot of Korean restaurants, um, and there's like you know there's also like another um, you know restaurateur that's actually kind of pioneering a lot like different new concepts in in in, in Almaty, Kazakhstan, and you'll start to see a little bit more European, you know, a little bit more Mediterranean. Um, they're really kind of hardcore on their baking now too. Oh, um, and that's where you were, right? I was in Almaty. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I I totally agree with the concept. Now I see that uh, they're trying to improve the cities. Right. And before, when uh, like 20, 30 years ago, there's only one like there weren't variety food, just just Korean local Koreans right. and local Dungan cuisines and maybe dun, like a local Kazakh cuisines. But then right now it's there's more tourists coming in and they're trying right. to like like you said. Uh, incorporate like more like Chinese mm. and but again you said it more looked like a localish because yeah. they lack of resources and right. they try to use their knowledge but they use whatever they have right yeah and yeah then, yeah um, we're gonna take a really quick break and once we come back we gotta get into that a little bit more This episode was brought to you by 100 Bogart, a new building in Bushwick, Brooklyn, with meeting and event spaces available for on-demand booking. Looking for the next perfect outdoor location for your next gathering? Host your next event at 100 Bogart's impressive rooftop, just steps away from the Morgan L stop. It's one of the largest and tallest roof spaces in Bushwick, boasting 360-degree views of Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens. 100 Bogart's Rooftop is available for your next networking event, fundraiser, special performance, or photo shoot. There's approximately 5,000 square feet, ample space for up to 100 guests. 
For more information on hosting an event at 100 Bogart's Rooftop, email info at 100bogart.com or call 718-362-3539. Welcome back. You're listening to Feast Meets West. Um, So we just left off talking about like what is more traditionally like Kazakhstan style cuisine. Could you guys describe that a little bit more? Like what's the typical diet like? Like is it more like protein heavy or produce heavy, dairy, all that stuff? Yeah, I would say uh, Kazakhstan, it's more about protein based. Like they eat a lot of meat. Mm. Uh, Is it because it's like cold? Or, like, why do you think they eat a lot of meat? I come from uh, nomads. Oh, okay. Nomads, uh, you know, they eat a lot of meat, a lot of dairy. Exactly. They, they, uh, in High tradition, traditionally, <laughs> they used to travel a lot. Ah, mm-hmm. yes. They yes. go from one that. place to another, and yeah. the, all they, ha- they have with them is just a um, herd of, uh, like, horses, mm. um, sheep, and that's the only thing they could stick with themselves. And that's why they eat, actually. Yeah. Like every time they travel, like they settle in one place and then maybe they uh, they use one of the uh, uh, animals they have. Herd members. Yeah, herd members. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, they use, and what they use for, uh, they also use a lot of, uh, like you said, um, dairy, mm-hmm. which is, but it's, uh, they use horse milk. Oh, horse milk. And, uh, What's that? Uh, camel like? milk. Okay. Yeah, well, what it. is this like? What is horse milk? Horse milk. It's, I <laughs> I don't know hundred percent for sure, but it's I I what You've I know had is, it. I I tried it. It's oh, okay. it's alcoholic beverage actually. It's oh, fermented. <laughs> okay. It's fermented horse. Is it sour. Yeah, it's sour and oh, it's <laughs> it's actually gives us it's it's like you said it's um gives all those energy and kills the thirst. During the like the hot days and the cold days, gives mm. you the, all the n- necessary uh, vitamins. And it's it's right now it's uh, it's considered more like a delicacy. Before mm. it used to be sort of widespread, and everybody drink it every every day. It doesn't matter what age. It's even though it's alcoholic, like kids drink it too. But um, what else with that? Um, and again, they do. They eat a lot of horse too. Like, uh, if I'm not sure if I mentioned, they eat horse, uh, horse meat. Isn't horse but, a delicatess? <laughs> delicacy? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I can't speak today. Um, it's I it's would, actually more expensive. I remember at the the bazaars, they were kind of like. Yes, I would say it's a, uh, it's a, it really depends delicacy for what kind of uh, which caste system you are in. If if you were like pretty wealthy. Mm-hmm. You can eat it whatever you want, mm-hmm. but ma- traditionally it's more for the winter. They eat it for the winter. They stack up for the winter, basically. What they eat, do is they, uh, I, I wouldn't say kill horse, and then they, uh, the entire meat they, uh, they salt it and they dry it on mm-hmm. air. Okay. They they dry it and it's basically it's not like how smoking. is it served usually? Is it like, um you know in like a stir fry thing or is it like a horse steak or like how is uh, how do you how does one I usually think there's, order it there's 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 uh they use horse for celebration right for for you know i i know that uh, when they have someone very important and they invite them over to the house and they'll serve horse they'll serve the you know the intestines make sausages out of them mm. um Yes, uh, I would say uh, it's it's more like a luxury, and also they, uh, I wouldn't, I don't want to offend anybody, but then it's uh, the Kazakhs majority they eat bishparmak, which literally means five fingers. It's like a, a sheets of dough, like a square sheets of dough, and uh, with a meat broth, okay. and they use they use horse meat for it, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's like it's like their national food, mm. and. Uh, Every family, when they, majority of the family, when they invite somebody, they, they try to we, uh, invite, like, their relative or something. And the way they make the horse meat also shows how well they make it, you know what I mean? It's like their style. Everybody has different style. And why they serve uh, bishparmak, 
uh, with horse meat, and it's it takes it's not just the meat just uh, served with the noodles, but it also it takes a they have to be pre-made, which is like the you, like I said, salted. You you dry it on the air, and they also make a special um, dish. Not a, it's a sausage called kaze. Yeah, it's a basically it's a horse intestines, and they stick um, uh, meat that's that's uh, part uh, that's part of the ribs of the horse ribs basically, and you, they stick it inside, and then they uh, they also let it dry in the air, and then and uh, the way every family makes is different. Yeah. one of the family maybe they want to. Sh- I mean, hearing you describe it, I mean, it sounds like a ton of um, time and different techniques go into that. So when you're served something like this, I mean, it's like pretty special. Um, I guess for like myself and maybe some of our listeners, it's like a very, for horses, a very foreign concept. Like what, what does that uh, taste like? How does it compare to some of the other proteins that we're more familiar with? Um, for me, it's- it's, I also like horse meat. Like mm-hmm. it, for me, it's still delicacy. Like even right. though from in America, for uh, it, it it tastes like it tastes dry and very rough. The, <laughs> okay, the I don't know very, you're really selling it. <laughs> it's, it, it, it actually it, it resembles beef, but leaner okay. than beef. But yet it's it has a, a little gaminess to it. Okay. But if I didn't tell you if it was horse, you wouldn't you you wouldn't really know. Yeah, I would wow. say it's very chewy. It is uh-huh. chewy, very yeah. chewy. Because it's a, f- a strong it's animal. Mus- it's like a yeah. mus, very uh, muscular. Like you can really feel. It. It's not like a tender, like a steak. But you right. have sometimes you have to chew it really intensely. <laughs> right. and, and I forgot to mention. Usually the horse meat. The on, the only way I know how they serve it is they 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 boil it in the water. It's like the the way you make pho. Like the, they um. boil it in the water and all the juices come out from the uh, from the meat. Mm-hmm. And then they, they use that broth for the sauce, like uh, for the noodles, for the bish parmak. Um, and, and Doran, while you were in Kazakhstan, did you have to work with horse meat? I did, actually. Oh, wow. I, I did. Okay. I, mean, I remember the first time I, I touched it was the horse neck meat. Uh-huh. And, um, and you knew it was horse I neck knew it was okay, horse right. yeah. because um, they don't eat pork out mm-hmm. in, in Kazakhstan. Or it's very rare that they do eat pork. And I was tasked to create a dish that uh, was a little bit best of both worlds. And uh, at the time, we were... What the, do you mean, best of what um, worlds? Chinese and Kazakhstan kind oh, of trying okay. to meet into, in the mm-hmm. middle where we, we have something that's very classic to, to Chinese cuisine and something that's very familiar to them. So I, I ended up doing a barbecued uh horse or oh, chas- like chasu chasu, like right sweet barbecue and, pork typically right. from like canton cuisine right so we marinated it and uh it, it tasted fantastic I, I have to say um it was something that uh but it was it was very inconsistent though you know like the the neck meat was very tough and uh sometimes it was really dry when we cooked it sometimes it was really chewy it was like we couldn't really like um couldn't really get a consistent kind of product with it. Mm. Yeah, sounds like oh, that's a lot of uh, a yeah. In the Kazakhstan, there's a lot of things like that. Like um, there's no quality control. Ah, like some okay. You, you don't know which which horse worked a lot. Which horse was very treated well. Yeah, uh, you can't just go to like your number one like horse farmer. Like there's no person yeah. There's like a, there's that? different people. You buy it from different people. Okay. And you know, uh, usually like s- some of the animals are very old, which makes the meat like like you said like very chewy. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, you, so tough. you don't know what kind of quality or yeah, horse exactly. you're getting. There's no quality control. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like not yeah. in here. Here yeah, is pre- everything is pretty <laughs> consistent. Oh yeah. Um. Did you find that like challenging, Doran? Like what else? Well, it was <laughs> extremely challenging when I was actually uh, working out in Kazakhstan. You know, um, the product was very hard to get. You know, they had like local ducks that I was trying to use. And um, we actually ended up having to import them from China because the local Kazakhstan duck is, it's very inconsistent. Sometimes mm-hmm. it would come in with a lot of feathers and sometimes it doesn't have feathers or yeah. skin. How can you and, even you know, plan for production Yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. You know, mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know, I was I was tasked with opening up a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And so there aren't that many Chinese restaurants yet. Is that the there scenario? Are, or there are Chinese restaurants, okay. but it's kind of their version of a Chinese restaurant. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a Dungan something mixed with the you know. Right. Some so you were trying to push for it to be like a little bit more Chinese than Correct. what was already yeah. there. Yeah, and it was really hard finding, <laughs> finding product out there. What and, else? What did yeah. you have a hard time? It was everything. Everything oh, okay. from right. from soy sauce to vinegar. Um, you know, I, I remember trying to look for red vinegar. Uh-huh. And uh, there's no like I, I put my like air quotes Asian grocery there that you can just go to no, and find this no, stuff. No, no, okay. it, it was you know there's a Korean supermarket, but you know they they don't import that much because the demand is not that much Mm -hmm. not there yet if you see five bottles of soy sauce on the shelf and you buy those five bottles you're lucky to see it stocked back up within a month oh yeah wow (laughs) it's uh as big as the country is you know there's uh certain things that are you know different and they use the the use of uh, their products are a little bit different Mm -hmm. yeah um and then i guess uh i'm curious to hear also more about like the dairy um, are there like cheeses or is it more just like the milk that's being used? Oh, um, n- milk, mostly, uh, I'm not sure about cheese, but I know for sure there's, um, uh, do the, in cult in the Kazakh culture, there's a lot of uh, fermentation going on. Mm-hmm. Like yogurt? So, yeah, exactly. Okay. The, not yogurt, but they call it iron. Quark. 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 Ah, kurt. Oh, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna get there. It's yeah. the last stage. Yeah. So, uh, you, if you have a fresh milk, right? It's it gets uh, a little bit fermented. It becomes iran or yogurt. Called, okay. Uh, it's, uh, English version can be yogurt. And when the yogurt becomes more fermented and it's not really consumable anymore, they uh, do it. The thing they do is they they put in like a like cotton cotton material inside. Mm-hmm. And they, they let it drain the water out. The, mm. They let the uh, water drain out. And inside it comes with as like a cheese. Yeah, like curds. It, like curds. Yeah. And, and they use it. They, they add some salt. Uh-huh. And they make, uh, like, uh, they were mentioned before, kurt. They call it kurt. It's like, um, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's, it's really... F- uh, Is it I, like a side dish or a, it's like a, a... It's also delicacy. It's like... And what kind like, of milk is it made from? Usually, it's made from uh, cow milk. Okay. It's cow milk. It's fermented cow milk, like three or four times fermented. Mm. Uh, and the water's drained out. They add some salt. And they make like a little balls. Oh, Not the balls. Okay. It really depends on the sh- shapes are different. But they, they, make, uh, they make shape and it usually becomes like as hard as, like a rock hard. It's like a, basically a bowl you can't do you, really... do you spread it or do you like chew on it? You chew on it. Uh, the kids, <laughs> Doran, did you have like, it? You're, I see you like nodding now. Did you like it? Oh, so it's kind of like for breakfast. Oh. Yeah, um, I always, always had like a uh, ball of cork. <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't, do you think that, that would be popular here? Do you think people would, could get into that? Yes, I would. I would totally. I think that. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, I was thinking of how to bring it here or maybe s- start producing it here, mm. but it's very difficult because the milk is here so different. Yeah. Like here, it's more like a pasteurized. Um, it's, uh, right, we well, get rid of all the good uh, stuff. All the all the, uh, the good, exactly. But there you use the farm, like you have a uh-huh. cow yeah. right in your backyard. <laughs> and, um, and to make that uh, kurt, uh, it's like it's you need like to... The real milk, like right. which just just came out from the cow, but I think it's gonna be popular. It's 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 in a, uh, in Kazakh, in those countries like mm-hmm. Kazakhstan, it, the it Central goes Asian well, yeah, countries. It really goes well with like the beer or something. Ooh, oh, oh it's interesting. Like, okay, it's uh, did like you ever try hard like, cheesy thing with beard? Yeah, it, it's 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 like cheese, but uh, when you bite it, it does it tastes like um, it's, it's kind of sandy like consistency. It's like a uh, um, it's really hard to explain. Yeah, it I wish I really like, had. Like, <laughs> I know I have we have to bring some <laughs> next time to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What are there any other like food trends there from like Kazakhstan? You feel like 
um, we should have here? What are what else are we missing out on, other than like horse? I, I, I really <laughs> I really like the uh, um, the Adana kebab in Kazakhstan. Their version of it. Oh oh oh. Okay. How did they do that? It, it was a uh, it was you know the meat. It was like a very seasoned meat, and then it was wrapped in uh, like a lavash, and then it was pressed. Uh, like on a panini grill, Ooh. so it was crispy on the outside. Oh, that sounds great. And then they served it with this yogurt drink. Oh, that's that's like a, that's Turkish style. It's called a, mm-hmm. they have it here. It's it's like a Turkish style gyro. They yeah. have it the gyro carts, but then that version is more like yeah, it's very popular there. But did you uh, did you try that? We they have the Adan, Adanas in Pishim um, Bay. I have not tried it. They have it. Yeah. You should come over one it's time. Good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 not it's it's, it's good. I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is about it. Yeah. It's, it's it's not bad at all. But it's cool to try that here. Yeah, but I think there's actually there's a lot of customers come in. They try to ask for us horse meat. It's, we, so we 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 have a bishparmak, which is Kazakh food, in our um, restaurant. But there's a lot of people who come in. They ask for traditional one, which is with, with the horse. With the horse meat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they, they really want to try horse yeah. meat, but I tried to explain it's you can't have horse meat in New York because it's. What do you uh, make it with? Yeah. Uh, we make it with beef. Yeah. With beef. We we try to use the same style like we, we. Uh, the like same cooking marinate, techniques. Marinate the meat before, but it doesn't really come out as authentic. Yeah. But people still ask for horse meat, and maybe some people even try to bring their own like what if we oh bring our God. horse meat? <laughs> like, where, no, no, where no. they get wow. the horse from? <laughs> oh People gosh. do everything here. Yeah. Wow, they'll do anything for the food. Yeah. And yeah, so Ali, what's the reception been like by your local customers and New Yorkers? Do you feel like they like it? Are they coming back for more? Um, yes, uh, majority of people like it. They're very mm-hmm. happy that we have some variety or maybe like the real noodle house. Mm-hmm. Like the, like, like and I said. And they can see it's made with love and, exactly, and craftsmanship. Exactly, real, eff- yeah. uh, real effort. And, um, and this is, uh, I see a lot of also uh, American people, not only our uh, people from our countries, but also American people coming in, and they really love the food because this is this is New York, and there's a lot of uh, variety of foods. You have Thai food, you have Indian food, uh, you have all the yeah. All people th- love noodles; they exactly. want to try something new. Yeah, exactly, and then we open up a new food, and this is like totally new. It's like. Uh, Never seen it before, and I see we see a lot of people coming from Manhattan. This, the farthest people, I, uh, the customer I had is from Washington, like state Washington State, from Seattle. I was really impressed cool. at how, how how they said we they really traveled here just to tr- like they came in from Washington to New York, but then they really committed to um, our area to come to the area to try our food, and I was very impressed by that. And. Uh, uh, yeah, that's amazing what you're doing. Um, I guess what's your goal um, for the next like six months with the restaurant? I mean, we're still pretty new, and we're yeah. trying to. Uh, so it's been increase. a year, right? Something it's like that. It's been a year. It's in, uh, we opened up last year's 2000. No, right, right now it's 19, right? 2018 is <laughs> yeah. May. <laughs> time yeah. flies. Time man. flies so, yeah. so fast, and we're trying to let more people know that we are in the neighborhood. Yeah. And Get the word out. Get the word out, basically, mm. and uh, also we we're trying to expand. Maybe uh, we're gonna add something more on the dish, uh, on the yeah. menus. And having access to just so many like more spices here than what you would traditionally have in Kazakhstan, but still kind of maintaining the very Dungan authentic thing that you grew up with. Uh, yes, uh, it's, it's an interesting balance find actually we actually trying to incorporate some seafood like mm. we grew uh, our culture is more on the land the yeah. mainland we don't have the, any water access yeah so we didn't ha- we didn't but have that's any like fish. very interesting for you is yeah. that i mean like trying sense? like to use seafood because that's not something you did back in kazakhstan yes Yes, we try because uh, the customers are uh, they demand seafood. Oh, you're adapting to, to your yeah, New York to, to the uh, to the market. We have to adapt to the market. But then we, uh, I'm thinking how to pres- we're thinking as how to we can preserve our cultures, like yeah, the traditions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not to just divert. Uh, just to like customers' demands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's gonna be an interesting challenge ahead. 
What is it? Northern Kazakhstan has fish. They have like uh, sturgeon and and all that, right? Oh yeah, they they do have a sturgeon, but it wasn't available to our market right. because it's pretty far, far and there's not a lot of. Um, it's import. It's not an import, but it's not a transportation going. They right. don't really transport it a lot. If you want to get, like, if we, if my dad ever wanted to get some fish, yeah. he had to really go to that area oh, to get gosh. that fish. Like yeah, he couldn't wow. just go and buy wow. it yeah. at outside. Uh, like, or he has to ask his friends to send it over yeah. through the uh, <laughs> someone. You know, I, I yeah. believe find it. your own transportation for it. it. Yeah. Yeah, we're so like yeah. lucky here again, like with our many purveyors and sources. Right. Um, Jordan, what about you? What are you working on right now, and any other upcoming projects? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, right now we're we have a restaurant called Wela that we're just kind of uh, stabilizing. It's been open for about three months, uh, but it's doing very well. Uh, Thai food. Um, any specific region? Um, it's. You know, we, we based it off of our, our chef Tom. Um, he's 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 actually from Bangkok, mm. but you know he's doing a little bit of Isan. He's doing a little bit of Southern Thai, and it's just kind of like uh, mixing it up. So there's a, a good range of uh, different um, items that you know are, are new to New Yorkers. I hope, um, uh, but we we have that. We have uh, we still have Northern Tiger in Brookfield Place, uh, Lotus and Cleaver in Miami, and then mm. we have a couple. Uh, other ones on the horizon uh, and probably another one in Miami pretty soon and uh, something in Long Island City coming up. Oh, yeah. that's a lot. And uh, any travel plans back to Kazakhstan? Uh, it's funny because I just spoke to uh, my friend out in Kazakhstan and he just had a, a baby so, you know, I might go out there just to, you know, say hi. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I actually do miss the food out there. You know, you spend time out there and you just want to go back and want to go and eat it. But I can also go to his restaurant. Oh, <laughs> Lachman um, House. You know, just <laughs> let me know whenever you're going so I can join you too. Yeah. I haven't been in Kazakhstan for a long time. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. You can't it, have it. It's true because it's very hard to actually find someone that can speak English because all the signs are in Russian. It's so hard to get around in, in Kazakhstan. And are I, any signs in... Um, I guess it's only in Russian. That's the primary language. Or would you find some signs in like, I don't know, Chinese? Never. Never. Chinese. Okay. It was just like Russian. Okay. And more Russian and more Russian. <laughs> and nobody <laughs> speaks English. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, when, when, we, when were you there before? Like how uh, long ago? Last year. Oh, last year. Because yeah, I'm surprised. Like I, I, I see there's a lot of my friends or people, they try to speak English now and they say there's, like every corner, every another corner is Chinese now. Chinese restaurant meaning, mm-hmm. like the oh, la, a wave lan- is happening. Yeah, the la, lanjo lamian, the hogo yep. uh, hogo uh, hot pot. Yeah, hogo. Yeah, hogo. And yeah. they they start like opening those restaurants and becoming more trendy right now. Yeah, and people just go there and they're trying becoming like more open minded to the other that's cultures. Exciting. Yeah, that's yeah, just uh, and that's why I want to see it too. Like I, <laughs> I've never seen it like that way. The Kaz- I yeah, never seen Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan is changing, and then it's you changing can also a lot. like bring back like your experiences from New York. Yes, um, totally. Well, before we wrap up the show, I'm just gonna ask a couple questions for our quick fire round. Um, it's meant to be like really fun and fast, so just share what comes to mind first. All right, carb of choice: rice or noodles rice what really really <laughs> yeah, not a little, of course not on. <laughs> what? wow surprised me too <laughs> okay i did not that's, that's my answer rice yeah it's uh i don't know it's maybe i'm on a diet right now that's what <laughs> <laughs> or maybe i've been working with with noodles for a year over I'm i see like... <laughs> i see okay fair fair enough um what's the best thing you ate recently it can be out or at your restaurant or something you made at home no idea. <laughs> I haven't eaten them. <laughs> just okay. You're just eating rice. No, I haven't <laughs> eaten well for the past couple of day, a couple of days. Okay. My schedule. Yes, you're busy running your restaurant. Oh, what was something? Oh man. Um, maybe it was one of those experimental dishes at Wela that uh, Chef Tom actually made. It was some eggplant dip. Ooh, dip? Yeah. Oh, was it spicy? It was spicy. It was good, though. Oh, and what do you 
use to dip in it? Like vegetables, raw vegetables. Oh, yeah. okay. All it's right. Good. Sounds like summer friendly. Yeah. Um, all right. If someone was going to Kazakhstan for the first time, what would be the number one thing that you would, you know, make them try um, in terms of like a dish to try? And number two, what would they need to go see or do? Horse. <laughs> yeah, I would gonna say horse meat. Yeah, okay, on yeah. this. Try the horse. The sausage is made from the horse intestines. Okay. It's really good. All right. And you said the sea, right? Yeah, like is there a sightseeing thing that you have to do or? Honestly speaking, I haven't really traveled in Kazan a lot because mm-hmm. I was a child when I moved here. Mm-hmm. But then they say uh, it's pretty. The Almaty is very beautiful city and uh, it's. Is it like more like mountainous or like flat? Or? Oh, I would say it's it's mountainous. It's mm-hmm. very mountainous. It's uh, and they fit the that Almaty is famous for their um, ice ice skating. Uh, yeah, on the mountain, right? Yeah. You go up the mountain and it's like midway. Yes, yeah, Medeo. Like... They call it Medeo. Uh-huh. It's like really fun. It's good yeah. during the ice winter. Ice skating though. or like skiing? It's ice skating. Oh, ice skating. Yeah, wow. but it's up in the mountains. Ice skating in the mountains. Outdoors. Oh, outdoors. That's okay, really very immersive. Yeah, they also have a in Almaty. They have a couple mountains there for skiing, and it's really beautiful up there. You don't even have to ski if you go up to the mountains. You look down. It's it's really really nice. What's like the the high season to travel to Almaty? Is it more like winter than summer or both? It's better to go in the winter. Winter when it's the like Freezing. I said the um, <laughs> the snow season when you can skiing, ice yeah. skating, yeah. seeing all those um, like they they built the it's old construct it's it's been there for a long time but they built a like a big stadium in the mountains and it's a really high elevated of course and then. Uh, people like it a lot. It's beautiful too. It's like yeah, nature. Yeah, really epic. And then you can, if, I'm not sure if you can still can see the, you know, the cat, wildcats. I'm not sure how they call it. Bars. Bobcats? Uh, uh, the bobcats, yeah. Not, oh, there's bobcats? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I guess like, you're in it's, the it's, fam- it's, fa- it's famous for the Kazakh. It's, um, I think the, that's the one of the few countries who have it, those animals. And they're in the red uh, book for extinction. Um, just bring a jacket. It's yeah. really Dre- cold. Dress appropriately and see this. It's like, a different really? cold, though. Yeah, it's, it's a really different, different cold. It's cold, <laughs> but the wind doesn't blow. Yeah, it's. I was. I was gonna argue with that. I think in New York it's much colder. Yeah, we it's get the wind, the, the wind chill. Wind, yeah. and it's. It's. it's yeah, yeah. it hits through your jacket, but there, there it's cold. But you, you can still like walk around and do yeah. activities and things, and the skiing will warm you up. Well, um, thanks for all the answers and for sharing your stories with us, Ali and Doran. It was a pleasure having you guys on air with us. Thanks. Thank you. It was nice having you here. (laughs) Yeah. That wraps up our show. And thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. What did you think of the episode and what do you want to hear more of? Please take a few seconds and leave us a rating and review with your feedback wherever you get your podcasts. We are truly thankful for your support. So we'll be on summer break for a few weeks and we'll be back early September for more awesome conversations from the world of Asian food. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.